0: Hey friends, it's Candy Barone. Welcome to the show. So let me ask you, are you ready to say yes to yourself? Are you ready to live your life lit and lead your living legacy? Then you stopped at the right place. Buckle up because here we go. It's about to get raw, real, unscripted, unfiltered, and we're about to jump down some amazing rabbit holes. Let's do this, y'all. Let's get aligned as fuck. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Aligned as Fuck podcast. I am I cannot tell you. I'm over the moon with my uh guest that is joining us today. We're going to have another raw, real, gritty, vulnerable, wide open riff session. I have no idea again where this conversation is going to go, especially because this is a dear friend of mine and I know the power of our conversations, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to invite her um into the space onto the show Uh, I want you to get to know her and there's always this delicious magic that comes up in whatever we talk about and so first and foremost let me just welcome and say hello to my dear friend Yvonne Heath welcome 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 to my show
1: (laughs) thank you my beautiful friend and we have an amazing heart connection so I'm always thrilled to just show up here soon I did there just show up yeah I
0: love it. I love it. And we're going to, so we're going to get into all kinds of juicy stuff. I already know that um, we've had, in fact, the last time we had a conversation, we were like, oh my God, we should have recorded all of this. We should have been mm-hmm. on a space. And uh, I will tell you, it's taken almost a divine act of God for us to get on this call, which is also something I think we might want to hit on uh, mm-hmm. because there has been no force. We have allowed it to show up when it needed to. And we've had several things we've bumped against just mm-hmm. to make this happen today. This was supposed to happen months ago, weeks ago ago and uh here we are and so it is with great purpose um and i know that the stars are aligned and the energy is fully uh connected to us today and so i cannot wait to see what comes out of this before we do that let me do the official you know tell you who yvonne is um i can tell you all the fabulous things about her but let me tell you some of her credentials Uh, Yvonne is a registered nurse since 1988. And for those of you that wanna do math, that's a really long time. I just want you to realize somebody posted the other day, by the way, I'm going down tangents. Somebody posted the other day that 1993 was 30 years ago. I had to sit down for a minute. I know I'm gonna be 50 this year, but the idea that 1993 was 30 years ago, my my little brain is really struggling to wrap around that. So when I hear that Yvonne's been a nurse since 1988, Y'all can do the math. Um, She has worked in the United States and Canada in many areas, including emergency chemotherapy, palliative care, and hospice. She became disheartened by our society's reluctance to talk about, plan, and prepare for grief transitions and end of life. And I can already feel the emotions coming up because I can tell we're going to have some serious conversation and some playful conversation, which I know sounds really weird around grief. And it's mm-hmm. one of the things that Yvonne brings to the table when we get into this subject, and I'll talk about that in a minute, um, which is causing ex- ex- excessive suffering, for sure. She suffered, too, not knowing how to do it differently. In 2015, she blazed a new trail and founded Love Your Life to Death, followed by the I Just Showed Up movement. Mm-hmm. Cre- I'm already getting chills. Creating <laughs> change, she shares her message with heart And humor. So I want you to think about that for a minute. Grief. Let's talk about grief with heart and humor. Oh, it's so delicious.
1: As a consultant
0: speaker and her book programs and as a television host in 2019, she delivered her TEDx talk, transforming our grief, grief, just by showing up or by just showing up. She is most passionate about supporting the supporters and their compassionate communities, especially helping and caring for our seniors. When she is not traveling, Yvonne can be found wearing socks and sandals in her happy place in Huntsville, Ontario with her husband, who is also a freaking rock star, star. I love Jordy. Twins and several pets. So that being said, let's get right in because I want to talk a little bit about. First of all, I mean, how badass is that? That is like the coolest bio ever. Um, And again,
1: just welcome to the show. Just thank you, thank you. So let me just say two things about my bio, which is super fun. Fun facts. So somebody told me I needed to let people know when I say registered nurse. When I trans, when I when I transitioned to this new career, I left my nursing career, which is like terrifying and there was tremendous grief in that and I know that 1993 is 33 or 30 years ago because my child (laughs) my older son will be 30 this year who was born in in corpus christi texas oh
0: nice nice little <laughs> i like that little right and holy shit you're not <laughs> looking for a 30 year old child i'm just saying because i'm not and i'm just yes. putting that out there um so let's talk about that a little bit let's talk about that transition let's jump right into the conversation around grief because mm. the way what your experience has been with grief and what you do in the space of grief um is really truly something that is not it it is a brand new, um, it is a whole different way to approach this subject, and um, so let's just start there. Let's just jump in and talk about what that transition was for you and mm-hmm. how you got to
1: this point. I, I, mm-hmm. I want to start and let people know because the bio is great, but I want to hear your story. Well, and thanks for that, Candy, because it is it is just so. First of all, it's so amazing that when these tragic as we see tragic, traumatic, life-changing, life-altering things happen in our lives, we can't possibly imagine that something good will come from it, right? Like we we just can't, we are just consumed by grief and we don't even understand how we feel and it's raw and it's confusing and one minute you're fine, one minute you're not and you just are just, it it really just is shocking how grief can hit you. And most of us think, you know, we're going to grieve and when somebody dies and and we'll be sad and then we'll move past our grief and we'll move forward, right? So that's, and in my 27-year nursing career, I will say that I believe that we think that healthcare professionals are magically really good at this. And so we're, we're navigating, yeah, right, Haha. <laughs> navigating grief personally at times. Helping people in probably the hardest times of their lives in, in on the hardest day of their lives, and and we just you know for the most part pretend we're fine and and brush it off and we 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 check in right oh how are you doing that was hard candy you okay oh yeah I, I'm fine thanks and you know you put the check mark I checked in. And, and so I did that for many years. And, you know, uh, many people have seen the movie Patch Adams, where Robin Williams uh, starred as the doctor, Dr. Patch Adams, who is my friend, P.S., the real oh, Patch Adams. Friends. If you haven't seen the movie, you have to see it. So hence the, like, I, I would bring heart and humor. I'm very silly. I can be very silly. There's a picture there with me dressed in like clown and silly. And I, I dress like that in chemo and in eMERGE because it was already serious enough. I just didn't have the coping skills and strategies to navigate the intense pain that I was feeling and others were feeling. Yeah. But I just carried on. And it was amazing because when our older son was 16, he had tremendous grief where his dreams of being a snowboarder were shattered with an injury and he spiraled down a dangerous road of drugs and addiction. And what I realized, my First of all, I felt shattered in a million pieces. You know, he he is he is still with us, but at that time I thought I could outlive my child. And you know, we had this long journey. I was a single parent for a long time. Then I met the love of my life, Jordy, who was much younger, and we were just going to flirt. It wasn't going to go anywhere. And now we're going to celebrate our our 20th anniversary, and we have 18 year old twins. However, in that moment, I just thought. I I don't think I would survive that. And and I don't know how, what to do with this excruciating pain. And I didn't know how to save this child. And what I realized, the big thing was that my, my people, my tribe, the people that I thought would be there to support me were avoiding me because they didn't know what to do and they didn't know what to say. It was awkward and it was uncomfortable. And then I would, I, we had twins, and I was going to work in chemotherapy, and you know, kind of checking my personal baggage at the door, and and no one was asking me how I was doing, and I just thought, what is wrong with this picture? And and it was like this cumulative effect of grief and pretending I was fine all these years, right? And then so I just kind of stepped back and I said. Are we healthcare professionals well prepared for grief transitions, death, dying, and how to support one another? And they're all like, "Oh God, we're terrible at it." You know, like, go start that IV. Why? Why you? Why you? It's just the way it is, right? Ooh.
0: Jordy says, Oh my God, did develop they a tough skin. Don't let it get to you. You're not supposed to internalize it. Move on. Take it home with you. It's not yours to carry. Like there's a way that we get to just put it in a. And I know this because sometimes you feel this even as a coach sometimes, right? Absolutely. There's, We are human beings having a human experience, which says there is a level of empathy. If anyone that is not a narcissist or a complete psychopath, we have a level of empathy, regardless of how we're wired, that we naturally take on other people's pain and energy. And when we keep telling ourselves to toughen up or to suck it up or to say, okay, well, that's not mine. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to bring it home with me. We're completely bullshitting ourselves because to your point, it starts to build up and it has a pressure point at some point that becomes in many times I've seen it for myself and I've seen it for other people. It becomes an implosion point,
1: Mm. right? It becomes a
0: place where you cannot hold the grief of, your own, because the thing is, is we don't acknowledge, especially if you're a type A superhero, badass, I get it done, highly driven, successful by the metric of whatever the hell we call successful in our society. You show up and you're like, she's got her shit figured out. And underneath oh. like, well, we're, we're pretending, pretending that too, right? Yeah. We're
1: pretending that we do. Yeah,
0: because and I, this is one of the reasons I love our friendship because I will even say and you and everybody knows, well, they should. Anyone in my orbit knows. I have been going through massive grief right now. And we uh-huh. all have levels of grief. I've been going through grief my whole life. I mean, let's Of speak course. Honestly, of course, course. right? The grief that I've been going through over the last almost 100 days. Uh, tomorrow makes 100 days. Mm. Um my soul, one of my soul heart everything. I lost Peyton. Right. And so yep. there is a space where I, I, my assistant put this out once um, I, and, and I think this is a good place to dig into. There was a meme she shared on my behalf to kind of, cause I've been communicating and there's been a lot of people that have a lot of things to say a lot about things. And I really don't fucking care because my way of healing is I've got to express it. I don't want it. I don't want to build it up in my body because it starts to ricochet around and you do create that implosion point. Right. And she had put a mean out. She says, you're allowed to grieve as long as it's socially acceptable.
1: Oh God. Oh, somebody wrote that. I was thinking, yeah, well, my no, assistant that was not was
0: not we're allowed to grieve as long as others are comfortable with it. As long as oh. think about that, that is the culture we have. And honestly, the word grief in and of itself is such a Triggering because we have not been taught even effectively on any level to feel our emotions. I mean, oh, as God. a child, we get told to suck it up. As a child, we get told to rub some dirt in it. As a, like tears are
1: like we're so afraid of the tears. Oh oh, candy! My God, like, okay. We have oh, we have. Let's unpack stop. all this, so, right? Let's so unpack like, it. So so I have to go back to what you were saying about empathy, and it's a yes and because, and I learned that. Yes. And when you say, you know, like highly sensitive people, empaths, people who are in the healing, you know, the healing industry, like we're just we're just called to that level, right, where we, we want to help people, we we have no choice. That's who we are. The the empathy, as Brene Brown says, like sympathy is feeling sorry for empathy is feeling with compassion is like empathy in motion like we want to do something when we talk about feeling with we we do not have to take on their pain right. to feel with them to have empathy to love and support them we don't know how to not do that and that's why i suffered that's why coaches suffer and my whole thing is it is because we have normalized a lot of the wrong stuff we have normalized being tough putting it aside and we are not proactive. We have no, we have no we, proactive coping skills, strategies. What do we believe about life and death? Who can we who can allow me to just be my authentic, vulnerable, hot, messy self? We are reactive. And what you are talking about when you have to express that is one of the the only path to healing is my friend Maria Klevkov of HealthyMorning.ca. She's amazing, or .com, whatever, Healthy Morning. Her revolution is helping us understand that grief is like that internal mental, physical, emotional reaction to loss, transitions change. Mourning is that external expression of it. And that's what we're, that's what society's not comfortable with. We'll let you breathe very quietly at home. Please don't come out. Even that, I would, I would offer that. I'm not even sure we allow
0: that truthfully. Oh,
1: well, because we want to be a part the, the
0: two of two things that you said, and I do want to interject something here because one of the things, and I think there, and, and there was a really, I saw this once, it was, a, it was a statement and I don't know if it came from Brene Brown because you know, I love Brene's work. I oh. do love Brene's work and so on point, right? Sympathy is an enabling space. Empathy is an action oriented, like how do we, what do we, what do you need? It's a support space. But what I love is I heard a quote once that said there's a big difference between caring and carrying and that Mm. wide difference, right? And we have been so twofold in what you just said. We have been taught, first of all, oh my God, it's our responsibility. I got to fix it. We have a culture that wants to fix it. We don't know how to sit in and just hold space. Because honestly, like one of the biggest things I've realized I've needed through the grief is the check-ins are nice when they're like really somebody. I just love the space of, and you did this beautifully with me, holding space, letting me cry and not saying a fucking word. I just want to know somebody can be in the pain with me Because I would say that even when you say, oh, you can grieve alone, I would tell you that our culture doesn't even say that's acceptable. Oh, then you're something's wrong with you. You're broken. Oh my God, you got mental health issues. How dare you? What you sit at home and just like sit in your house and cry. We have so much shaming and judgment. And we're in this space where we're so uncomfortable with the idea of grief. That like, we just want in every way, capacity, we don't want to hear about it. We want to brush it off. We want to push it away. And oh my God, aren't you a hot mess? If if somebody openly says, I sobbed my eyes out, I can't help it. I had just the other day, like two nights ago, I just overwhelmingly grief again, that just, I miss my baby boy. I miss him. And yet there are aspects of that, that I can feel even the voice that's like, seriously, here we go again. You're just at home crying like a big, like there's something wrong with it. We have this conditioning that says, "Mm, I wouldn't tell anybody that because even you crying at home, that's just like, seriously, you need to like get to a place where you can suck that up. You can push it out. Grief doesn't work like that. And the the last thing I want to say to what you just said was grief needs to. And then one of the things I've really learned, especially in grieving Peyton grief needs to and demands being heard and seen it demands it the only way I can get it out of my body and breathe I really I cannot breathe until I put it like express the magnitude of it it's why I've been doing so many posts it's why I share videos it's why I let myself out why we're having this conversation because I've realized without that expression grief feels like it's being shamed and then it's it's getting stuck and all it says is please just recognize me please just let me be seen and heard you don't fucking have to do anything but just give me a space to
1: be seen let's take a moment let's just let's (laughs) right let's just take a moment because there is so much in there and There's so much to learn from our grief and we are our own grief expert just like when people call me a grief expert I say, I am not a grief expert I am someone who is passionate about normalizing the right things I am passionate about helping people to become more proactive to learn wow, these incredible lessons from their grief, their pain, and and get to the now what when they're ready, that doesn't mean the grief is gone. That means as you navigate this journey of love and grief, because grief is just love, like you, you don't grieve if you, you know, you didn't absolutely love. And, and let's do both, right, when you're ready to grieve. And because here's the thing, grief and joy can coexist, grief and living can coexist grief and learning can coexist so when someone's ready i believe that we are okay with someone grieving you know for a very short time here's the thing though candy here's the thing that i became very anxious and angry in my career because i worked in chemotherapy and people were dying and we were not having real conversations not because we weren't compassionate because it's uncomfortable don't wait for it to be comfortable and the other thing (laughs) is I mean my god don't wait for it to be it'll never be comfortable it's
0: It's not supposed to be comfortable It's, it's, it's,
1: uh, it's so uncomfortable but here's the thing how do we get good or better at anything how do we learn to navigate things we practice We practice and we learn. Our son is a phenomenal volleyball player, which is so cute because all he ever did was play Lego and we never was like, oh, that's a big surprise, but he got really tall and he can hit a volleyball. So what did he do? He practiced. He failed. He did the wrong thing. He got it out of bounds. He asked his coach. He read about it. He learned. What do we do when it comes to understanding grief? understanding or talking about death and dying what do we do we avoid it because we're terrified and then we react when it happens because we will all face it and you know i say like us poor poor beautiful compassionate people who are too terrified because they don't know what to do and they don't know what to say and that is what i want to change there is no fixing grief and We also believe that we need to leave it to the professionals, right? Someone is grieving, let's get them a grief counselor. And again, that's a yes and. The professionals will be a part of our journey about 10% of the time or less. Now I need everyone to hear that, right? I said that in my TEDx talk because when you are consumed with grief and you're just shocked by grief and it's stopping you in your tracks and the rest of life is carrying on and you're like hello i'm grieving here um if you have a wonderful person that you can talk to amazing will that be one hour a week for six weeks there are 24 hours in a day and your grief doesn't go away after six weeks (laughs) no So, so this is about reframing for it's like I wanna I wanna hit the po- uh, reset button and say we have been led down this path to medicalize, sanitize, professionalize life, grief, and death. We of course we don't know what to do and we don't know what to do. We, we don't have these conversations before, during, and always. Yeah. So let's get to the now what. Well,
0: let's talk about about the now what, because the thing that's popping up for me, as you say that, I mean, grief is messy. Let, let's just, it's not linear. I, I, I've i said this, I, I'm so not a linear person anyway, so of course grief wouldn't be linear. Um, Grief has, and, and I saw a really interesting visualization because a lot of things, you know, when you're in something you that you keep calling more of that to you. And so there's been a lot of things resource wise. And of course, when you're ready for it, the students ready, the teachers appear, right? And yeah. teachers can show up in a lot of different ways. And it's one of the things I love about social media, while there's a lot I don't like about social media, is especially when you curate who you follow and and where you get your inspiration, there are some really powerful things that can drop in, especially on things like Instagram when there's visuals. And I saw, um, it was actually a reel I saw the other day that um, someone had described that if you can look at grief, and, and this was something I think was interesting, because I want I want to lean in a little bit about how you help people mm-hmm. consider sitting with their grief. And I, I also love that you're like, I'm not an expert. I really look at you as a guide. I look at you hmm. as someone who is is here to offer some different perspectives because grief is a very... Personal journey. And it is part of your spiritual path that only you can decide what it looks like. I am very clear about that. No one, and I, I've I've felt myself feel the, the resistance around it. No one gets to tell me how to grieve. I, I appreciate and love and have so much just thank you for all the people like, oh, you need to do this, EFT, or you need to do this. Great. I am aware of all the modalities and tools. And right now, that is not what is calling through me. Because one of the things I want to say in that is stop trying to rush people through their grief. I don't want the modalities right now. I want to feel the fullness of this so that I can take the beautiful gifts that are presenting as a result. Because I want to talk about the juxtaposition in just a minute, that space Mm -hmm. of grief and joy, that space Mm. of beautiful in the mess. Right. And so anyway, I saw this reel where they had basically a a panic. It wasn't really, it was a pain button and the button is like a certain size and it doesn't change. Mm -hmm. There's a pain button. And when the grief first hits, there is this huge ball that is literally pressing on the pain button. And Mm so you're feeling the grief in every moment, every breath. It's intense, especially because when you recognize that grief, and I love the quote that says, grief is love that's been unexpressed. It's mm. that it is love. You do not grieve things you do not care about. Who gives okay. a right ass? Okay. I mean, like, no disrespect. But there's oh, things like I'm sorry to hear, I'm sorry for your loss, but it doesn't affect me, right? Grief happens because you you were connected, you had connection, you had love, you had a place. That person, that thing, person, whatever had a space in your beingness. They had a they, they took up space in your soul. They are part of who you are, how you show up, like they, they affected that. So that comes from a place of, look, that person had a space in this being of Mm -hmm. my light. Right. And so I loved it because this pain button, they showed the, the visual was this big, huge ball that's constantly pressing on it. What happens and what I loved about this as a visual was that over time, the ball gets smaller, but it doesn't go away. Mm. That being said, the pain button never shrinks. Mm. And so what happens is that ball starts to move in the container where there are days where it doesn't come near the pain button. Mm. It doesn't come, but when it hits the pain button, the pain button hasn't changed. So it doesn't matter the size of the ball. When the ball hits the pain button, the grief feels the same, it's got that intensity again. Right. And it's why a hundred days later I can have that ball come down and it takes me out. And I was like, what a perfect visual, at least in my mind to help right. describe the function of, of grief. That, that that it's not about getting rid of grief. grief. The, it, the real, the grief is not going to go away. It is something that is part of, it is now part of the journey And so the work you do, the way you show up in the space is to bring this element of fun and joy and and a real juxtaposition. I mean, grief has this whole energy to it that, you know, we avoid it. We think it's the plague. We don't want anything to do with it. We want to punch it in the face. We want to stuff it down. We want to run away from it. We're constantly putting this resistant energy on. Oh my God, it's so scary and where I feel, and this is one of the reasons I've been so adamant, because I even had somebody say, Candy, you don't need to be sharing your journey. Why don't you just grieve? I'm like, I'm sharing this journey because it, first of all, needs to be seen and expressed. Second of all, as a teacher and guide, and that is what calls through me in every breath I take. It is how I'm wired. I'm a 6-2 manifesting generator. I am here to teach from the wisdom I've learned from my experiences. It is my gift. It is my light. It is what is calling me Mm -hmm. I share it because I want you to recognize that grief needs a space, first of all. And if I can help someone give themselves permission to realize it's not about pushing it away, Mm -hmm. it's about letting yourself be in all of it. So let's talk about all of it. How can I be in the immense? And it is immense. I went on the trail again because I wanted to see the damage from the ice storm around here. Mm Mm-hmm. And I haven't been on, tra- and mind you, I haven't been on Peyton in my trails, but maybe three, four times since his death. One was with a friend. I have not been, it, it's hard. And I started crying on the trail. It was the day that I got really emotional. It was two days ago. I even did a little video where that video was just for Peyton. I just spoke it into the ethers. And I I, I got very sad because he's not there to experience that with me. Okay. And it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was so deeply fulfilling and it was magical and there's times when i go on that trail where while i am grieving him deeply i feel him his energy his love his joy Mm. just as deeply. And so let's talk about that a little bit as I start becoming a crying mess right now, which I knew this was going to happen.
1: Well, here's the
0: Peyton and not cry. And I I, I love my tears. I absolutely love that. I am an emotional being. I've embraced that. I love my tears. I welcome my tears. And it just, it means I'm connected into my life, but let's talk about that because you do such beautiful work. I purposely did not put on eye makeup for this. Person.
1: So so what you're what you're sharing and thank you for sharing that and it's heartwarming and heart wrenching, right? And the joy and the and the funniness that I bring in is that I, I say when someone says, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm crying, and which you did not, but people often say and I say, Oh, well, we never, you know you're you're crying because you're sad and you love you never have to apologize for your tears and just so you know i'm mandated to make at least one person cry a day so thank you i can check that off <laughs> let's move on um right I like, that I say say that that. yeah okay <laughs> candy for today perfect so so here's the thing and i i just want to clarify for people that may not know who peyton is to you and i love you're talking about your baby boy and if people don't know you it's like oh my gosh your child died and and peyton was your dog is your dog your soulmate, <laughs> like, he, and and it's interesting because when I first and I, I shared this with you before I first saw you and and Peyton and I knew and I saw Peyton's little gray whiskers and in the back of my head I thought I wonder how old Peyton is, and I just thought, ooh, this will be a big grief journey for Candy, and I just had it in the back there and we've had conversations about grief and here's the the other piece about grief in our society and again you know i say all this with love and 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 the fact that we don't have these conversations and we don't say you know you don't need to be to have a phd to love and support someone good news is when you are loving and you don't need there's no fixing it and if we could you know take that burden off of people if we it's we we create that excessive suffering when we want to fix it and then so we avoid and then we try to say something brilliant and oh you know he's in a better place we try we try to fix it oh you can get another dog and all these things and the other piece where we create excessive suffering for ourselves and others is the comparing and judging it's like oh oh it was a dog oh or oh my god it was your say your parent and you're devastated well here's two things and this is Uh, i should put the dog there now the the elephant in the room but we're talking about dogs there are many people that are closer to their pets than their families (laughs) like that is just a fact that is just a fact i and and so a beautiful thing that we can come to the table with is curiosity versus fixing let's just get curious like oh and and that's the first thing like when you know speaking and it's stories are the perfect way and I have a gazillion of them speaking to this woman her dad was um a chemo patient of mine I knew her I knew their story and he had been very abusive her whole life and it was he came back to town because he wanted her to help him through this and it's like are you kidding me and the, it was so toxic mm-hmm. and when he died she felt relief and she there was grief of the dad she wished she had yep. there that's what she grieved but she said as far as this person and I said yeah I understand and you're you're allowed your, your journey is your journey there's no you know and everyone oh my god your dad died I'm sorry for your loss now I know the same person when her dog dies yep. like there will be excruciating grief.
0: Well, and it's interesting because that is exactly my story. My dad and I, I cut my dad out 15 years prior to his death. When he died, I wanted nothing. When he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and liver cancer, I still did not lean in. It was very, very toxic, abusive relationship with my dad growing up. And I got to a point at 22 where I realized that the only way I could heal in my journey was to literally extract him out of my life. And so it was interesting because for years it got really hard because again, the judgment that shows up in the shame, oh. me, people would ask too many questions about my dad that I started saying he had passed way before he did. because mm. it was actually just easier. It was easier to just put a, a pin in it. And so it was interesting because when he did pass and I knew it, I knew the night before he was going to pass. And in fact, I had a complete breakdown. I found old journals from when I was 15, journal entries that I was very, I've always had that sort of premonition way of I write things that like later on in my life end up becoming cathartic cleanses when I'm ready to receive them. So I've right. always had this ability in my poetry, in my journaling, in my writing, that oftentimes I will write things. In fact, I have a poem about my dad called The Sea, where I wrote it my junior year of high school, And I still remember a teacher who embarrassed the shit out of me, making me read it in front of class and then tried to tell me what it was about. And I'm like, that's not what it's about. But I I was telling you what your poem was about. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And uh, but I didn't know what it was about. I just knew what it wasn't. It was four years after college. So I wrote this my junior year in high school was four years after college that I went through some of my old poems. And I still have the original one that in pencil on the top. I went, oh, my God, this is my relationship with dad. And it changed, and it was when I was ready to receive it, and it was around the time where I cut him out of my life. Twenty-two, right? Because when you think about it, it was. Beyond that, it was when I was able to sit with and heal because there was a lot of grief in him not being. So, like I said, I've had a I've had a long history with. Yeah. Grief. I've had a lot of shit show show up in my life. It's part of the sixth line in my my human design, mm-hmm. and I, I understand that. I've had some really hard things to go through, and the yes, we can get in the comparison and go because I used to be one of those. But my life's not as bad as other people. That's fucking bullshit. Oh, Stop oh, yeah. doing that because it's not about your pain is real. Your suffering is real, and there is no like spectrum of my pain is only worth this where they're because they bullshit pain is pain and honor the fucking pain because I'm so tired of people being in a space that this judgment is part of what is wrong or part of what we have the opportunity to let go of. Not to say wrong, because I really don't like writing. Because yeah, that's very judgy. <laughs> yeah, I don't like right and wrong. So it's a space that's not serving us. And we have the opportunity to realize that pain is pain. Suffering is suffering. And every one of us has a different journey through the pain, the grief, the suffering that we're here to do. And so my dad, it's now it'll be 13. Wow. It'll be 13 years this June that he passed. And when he passed, I remember my brother and I even had a a bit of some contention. He's like, you don't get to grieve this because you weren't, and I said, I get to do whatever I want. And my story, and it was not grieving because I, I felt a sense of incredible. In fact, my brother got really upset in this and we had to work through some stuff because I said, I feel like I finally can have the level of love and relationships that I need. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where I'm going to get really emotional because there's a, there's a reason why I'm saying this connection point that I can't. Have the the loving relationships in my life he, until he was gone from this earth. I really felt that there was an energy that was holding me back. And my brother said, uh-huh. "Oh, it's all about you." I said, "That's not what I said, and that's not what I'm trying to convey." But there was a breath that I hadn't been able to take for, you know, most of my life. Wow, he had a lot of. Power. I was so afraid that I might run into my dad on the street, even though he was in Philadelphia and I was in Wisconsin. Like it just, there was just this fear of where he was just going to show up in my life and this energy, and so after my dad passed i got into the first and only real healthy relationship i ever had with a man who really knew how to hold space and be that ma- that healthy masculine he had a dog i fell in love with and when we split and there was reasons we just weren't each other's person i still have an incredible amount of love and respect for this human being i think he's just a light and we healed a lot of things for each other mm-hmm. he healed a pattern of really shitty relationships and i healed a i get to love this big and know that someone can hold that Space. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he met his his now wife and hasn't adopted since then that space. Mm -hmm. And all with purpose, it opened up the portal for me to adopt Peyton. Because Mm -hmm. two months after we split is when I finally realized I had too much love. So Peyton was and has been and continues to be. What's the word? The light. That Mm -hmm. has helped me through the biggest aspect of my healing journey. Mm -hmm. Because while I went through a lot of processing in my 20s and my 30s and my 40s around stuff with my dad, there's a lot that was tethered there. Yeah. My love and relationship with Peyton, my dog. Yeah. Anyone that wants to tell me it's just a dog, just be careful. I'll probably throw it. Oh, I know. That's That's just to say. Um, He was what God sent me because even the way Peyton and I connected I adopted him sight unseen I mm. was a friend connected me to a a organization called dog guardians they were people that went into kill shelters to rescue dogs right. when I heard about Peyton he was in North Carolina I was in Wisconsin he had three days left in a kill mm, shelter. wow sight unseen and when they brought him in there were there were four or five other adults in the room I had to go outside of Chicago he came in and came like he's a people person and went all past everyone came right to me came in between my legs and put his head on my thigh and I just found each other you were a god thing and I say that because there's a whole nother level of healing that now has shown up to grieve what i mean he helped me start my business we moved to like he's done every major transition in my Mm. journey he was part of my business my clients have specific memories they pull out about how Peyton affected them or changed them he was an empath he was a healer i say that because it's interesting when you look at again grief isn't linear and grief has in my mind has this connection thread that allows us if we choose. And it's one of the reasons why feeling the fullness of all of it, because there's even grieving about my dad that's been showing up. Mm-hmm. Of course, in a very different way, because I had a recognition not too long ago, and it was before my mom who has been staying with me now for about 18 months, because we're trying to figure out her next move. Right before she moved in, I, I can remember sitting at my wishing well table and people know of my wishing well table, there's magic in this table. And all of a sudden I had this overwhelming sense of grief that came over me and it wasn't for me it was for my dad because it was the first time I felt the level and magnitude of the pain he must have been carrying for the way he projected out what he projected out and I wept
1: for him wow that's uh, huge because hurt people hurt people right Right. And so I Thank think about how beautiful that was good,
0: because there's now times now I right now I'm talking to Peyton. I'm out, but there were times when Peyton and I would go walking that I would talk to the spiritual version of my dad, sure. talk to who he was underneath all the pain and like building a relationship with him now mm. in that healing is very different than the
1: relationship I was never going to have in human form. That's beautiful because, and the truth is, is that as we know, I mean, people say some of these things are woo woo, but this is science. This is energy cannot be destroyed or created, right? So, so when, I, and that's like part of my whole message of being proactive, let's normalize these conversations. Number one thing is what do you believe about life and death? If you want to navigate this journey we call life, if you want to be able to, and you know the I just showed up movement, empower yourself and others and be resilient and be able to just show up for yourself in your authentic messy journey and be able to just show up for others. I believe in that I have seven takeaways that I believe are great essential um, principles. And the first one is, the best time to talk about plan and prepare for grief transitions and end of life is when we are young and healthy, and the next best time is now. And part of that conversation is digging in to say, what do you believe about life and death? And to to get to that understanding, where I just say we are physical beings having a or spiritual beings having a human experience, not human beings. I mean, we have a timeline, and we do not all die of old age. We do not. Always get a warning. We do not know what's going on internally, mentally, physically, emotionally, with our people, our dogs, our pets. And so we do not know. We don't have to like it, but if we can <laughs> accept, I don't know how long I'm here. Like I say, and and we've normalized that conversation, right? With the kids, like we just I don't know how long I'm here. I've heard people say, "Oh, don't worry, I'm gonna live a really long life. I'm like, oh, like do you, right. you don't know that bus or, is gonna oh, come around the corner exactly. Oh my god! But but I I believe with all my heart and soul that that part of the grief process is is figuring out your new relationship, and it's a spiritual relationship, right? It's an energetic spiritual relationship instead of physical. Of course, you're going to grieve the physical presence, obviously. Right. If you can understand, or if you you know accepted believe choose to believe something that will help you to navigate this journey and i believe we stay spiritually connected i am connected to so many people and pets that have died and i'll say okay i got it oh thanks drew or whatever and you know i choose and and i acknowledge and and when you talk about grief attacks that can happen in 10 years too it's like oh my gosh i can't believe pain died 10 years ago and you're a hot mess like it happened today And imagine if your beautiful village around you say, oh, yes, Candy, God, I know how much you continue. You love Peyton. Oh, let's just have a really good cry together. I'm just going to sit. I can cry too because I'm sad. Right. And just created that beautiful, safe space or just that. I don't know what to say. I'm just going to sit with you. I'm just going to hug you. I'm going to show me pictures. Or I'm just going to ask because here's the other thing. People curious so
0: much about, Oh my God, do I say that? What if you just asked, is there anything, any way I can support you right now? Is there anything you need? Do you just want me to hold space for you? You can give yes, no questions. Would you like me to just sit with you?
1: So yes. And also it's yes. And also it's always a yes. And (laughs) yeah, it's always a yes. And because you know, when people are so consumed in their grief, sometimes they don't even know the answer. True. So if we can be vulnerable courageous enough to be vulnerable if i said i don't i don't know you know the right or wrong i i, I don't really know what to do or say i'm going to sit right here mm-hmm. beside you yep and i'm going to listen or if you'd like to talk let me know i'm just going to be here and if you need some more space i'm going to sit over here and you know sometimes it's just showing up and and saying, like, again, I will say to people, "Listen, I need to feel good about myself by just showing up. <laughs> you got to give me something. <laughs> like and 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 recognizing that the grief is experienced any heartache, divorce, diagnosis, job loss, mental health issues, whatever it may be. And I believe we cause ourselves so much sadness and anxiety when we do not show up for others, because when you say, Oh God, I should have called. I didn't call. Oh, there. I don't know what to do. And then you, you create this whole big spiral. Can I offer something in that though
0: too? Cause there's yes. another yes. And I want to add to that. And I do yes. in my workshops because a lot of grief comes up a lot of times in my workshops, a lot of triggers, Um, And I love that you just said, and I want to call this out because I think it's really important. Yes. I think showing up is important and showing up the way people need you to show up like different grief. I need different things. I'm just going to say, don't show up. I also like that you just said, and I really want to highlight this because I think one of the things and I know for me personally, this is a huge trigger. And like, I've had, even had conversations when I sat, you know, 13 days by my uncle's bedside again during the transition of my dad's death before Peyton um in ICU I was his caretaker I was the one that watched him transition to death um he wouldn't even let the nurses help him so there was just a whole lot of energy and thing and when he transitioned I was I was kind of whole and people like you're not grieving I'm like I just sat by his bed for like I went through the journey with him and it was really beautiful and Mm -hmm. holy crap it was heavy and and I did the stuff and I've had moments where it's shown up but there was almost a clean like cycle to that. But I say that because I remember my mom wanting to hug me and I was like, don't touch me. Mm. And I say, so there's a, there's a way to show up. And I want to hit on this for just a minute, because you made a comment where you're like, I'm just going to sit here Or if you need more space, I'm going to sit here because I do think you still, even when someone's grieving and can't ask for what they need, you need to check in and make sure what you want to offer is okay. Because I will tell you, and this is a huge, and I really, I set my container for my workshops for this reason, because I had this happen where someone was like, well, what am I supposed to do? That person's all upset and I can't hug them. I said, that's about you, not them. And she said, what do you mean? And it turned into a thing. It turned into a thing where I'm like, I'm just going to tell you, I'm one of those people that when vulnerability first shows up for me, when the emotion that I can't even language shows, do not fucking do touch. not
1: touch me. <laughs> I will come out of
0: my skin because touch is my love language, which means. I need breath before I invite you in my space. Cause I am feeling beyond vulnerable right now. And I have no bearings, no grounding. No, and like, even just saying it, it just, it literally is such a hot button. When someone wants to touch me before I'm ready for them to touch me, okay. I'm, ready, yeah, yeah. I'm a hugger. Hug is my love line. I hear you. Yeah. So I say that because I think there's a yes and in showing up is absolutely critical. It's amazing to me who showed up and who didn't through this process. Um, again, and I don't, it's not a, from a judgment. It's just from an they observation. They didn't know how. if they did It's it, from right? an observation. Because it's not that I don't believe my people in my circle cared about me. I think it's uncomfortable. Oh. And I think that it's part of where we have the opportunity, right? But there's people that showed up that I'm like, I have to take 14 steps back because I'm like, whoo. Too much of your energy coming into a space where I can't even acknowledge or honor my energy. So the fact that you were like, I'm going to sit right here, or if that's not okay for you, I'm going to sit over here. I think giving people that distinction through the process, because there are some people that want to be touched right away. First of all, because some of them want to get it off of them and they want someone, because I've noticed that I actually have a rule in my training. You're not allowed to touch anyone that, that has a trigger until they've had a moment to go through their trigger. And then later you can ask if they would like a hug or something else. But here's the thing, because some people that want the hug want it because they want someone to fix it and take it and take it away from them. And other people like me are like, don't touch me until I can actually figure out what the hell is going on inside of me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm a hermit. I want to be alone. Do not breathe near me. Like sit across the room, sit on a phone, be whatever, but, but at least offer the choice because yeah, for me, well, I feel it, like yeah. it's more about you than it is about my grief. When you show up the way you need to soothe yourself. So I, I I'm
1: twitching because I have to tell you what I share in all of every. So I just had to add that. Yes, I am. I'm just. Oh saying. no! This is this is it's a big one because just showing up isn't about you, right? Just showing up is is checking your discomfort at the door and just showing up. And here's what I share. So when I say just show up, what is the greatest thing you can do? Acknowledge and allow their feelings and yours. I am a hot mess. I'm sad. I whatever. Acknowledge and allow their feelings, don't minimize, don't try to fix it and simply just create that safe space. And don't try to, you know, come up with something brilliant to say. And here's my big M that you're gonna love. I say, (laughs) forget the golden rule. And everyone just says, what? Treat people the way you want to be treated. So that's in my, that is in my presentation. And I say, I know everyone's upset. We've always loved our golden rule here's the thing. I, and I learned this at a beautiful, I was I doing a keynote. This woman told me this heart wrenching story. I just went up to her and I was going to give her one of my famous bear hugs. And she said, please don't touch me. I don't like to be touched. <laughs> I know you're just switching. And I just, you know what I said, I just, it was like my aha moment. I went, thank you for letting me know that. And then I just sat beside her and talked for two minutes. And so I said, we need to come up with, and I said, the titanium rule, TM. We don't need to just show up and treat people the way we want to be treated. We need to just show up and treat people the way they want to be treated. That is what,
0: that is so- It's huge. Like, first of all, let's just take a moment on that. Right, it's huge. <laughs> Because that right there, my, every part of my body that's still grieving says, that's what grief wants is just to be seen. It just Thank wants you to be for seen. just seeing me and letting me be me without you needing to make this about you. Mm. Yes. I want you to be like, I'm grieving too. This is sad. You can cry with me. All of that. Have your emotions and tell me great. And please don't make this about you. And, and I, I also yeah. point, but I say this for any, and honestly, there's been a lot of aha for me. Cause I'm the person that would go in normally to hug someone. You too. I've had to create that rule that says, look, hands off. Cause my workshop people were like, and I'm like, I'd have somebody that would always be crying and they did it because they didn't want to deal with it. And they wanted everybody else to soothe them. I'm like, that person is not sitting in their trigger. They're yeah, not feeling it. They're looking for someone else that's bigger, stronger, whatever, yeah. to soothe them and take that pain away. This is not the work we're doing. And so no. we have an opportunity to be in the emotion
1: first.
0: And also yeah. we're going to sit and just hold silence and we're just going to let that person
1: process. The other piece, absolutely. And there's so much. And there's so much more we could talk about. We're going to have to do more. Yeah, right? so- and and so, so the other piece is, and I would invite everyone to please, I know, so acknowledge and allow their feelings and yours. Don't try to fix it. Don't minimize it. Please and thank you. Try not to. At least people, at least you can get another dog. At least your dog lives uh-huh. as long. Well. Please don't, like it, anything that starts with at least is not helpful. And the other pieces and everyone does this and I, for the sake of I don't know why, you tell me uh, that you're grieving your dog and immediately I'm gonna tell you all about it when my dog died. I would invite everyone to hold, just hold your story, you, be present, just show up for them. This is not about you in this moment. You do not have to be a professional. It's okay to be emotional, create that space. Share the story of your dog if they ask, if they invite. Have you ever gone through this? Yes, I have. If not, let it be about them. And that is the very best thing that you can do is just show up and be gentle with yourself in that you have you didn't know how to do this, because that's my whole thing. Let's talk, have these conversations so that you feel. Better and that's why I say. I wear my "I just showed up" bracelet to remind me in all the hard moments yeah. that I, just showing up with hurt, humor, and humanness is the very best that I can do. I will get it wrong, and I will say, "God, I wish I would have handled that differently." If I didn't show up for someone five years ago, I will call them and say, "You know, I wish I had been more brave and courageous than." And allowed that space. I wish I had done that differently. It's never too late to just show up.
0: Well, and I love that. I love those three H's, right? I'm going to, especially the human piece of that. And I mm-hmm. think um, that in and of itself, I mean, the, the knowing this is the whole, and this is Brené Brown's work, right? The courageous conversations is I'm going to mess this up like God, how do you acknowledge you. not because you're going to do it on purpose but no I've not done this before I didn't know how to walk coming out of the gate I fell down no, got up so again. and got back up and here's the thing if this is the first time I'm going to hold space for somebody in a way that looks and feels different I'm, I'm gonna fuck it up like it's gonna get messed up it's gonna
1: happen because honestly I don't know. And it takes practice and it takes practice, work. practice, practice, get it wrong, practice, brush yourself off. Sure. But and that
0: human piece, and to your point, giving them space, like be gentle with yourself and have as much empathy and compassion for yourself as you are for the person you're
1: trying to, I think it's huge. It's huge. Big conversations. And and isn't it wonderful that we're starting to have them and I am so grateful to you for taking your pain and being brave enough and courageous enough to just show up for yourself and post what you need to post and, and share what you need to share. That is your journey. I, you know, when I see people share, 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 it's like, that's what they need to do. Yep. I, I don't need to figure out why. Oh, and let's not get mired in the why. That's the other piece. All right? When we go, why did this have to happen? What answer would ever be good enough? So if we can allow someone their journey, if that person's grieving by being quiet, that introvert doesn't want me to just show up, but perhaps I can cut their lawn or perhaps I can support their supporters and that's the other thing I can, you know, the their greeting village and, and so there's always a way to just show up and and know that, yeah, it's uncomfortable and you will get it wrong. Just show up
0: anyway. <laughs> well, and I love that. When I mean, I talk about leadership. Leadership is a choice, right? And the first fundamental function of leadership is how I choose to show up, how I choose to serve, and how I choose to take personal responsibility. And so the responsibility people have inside of this, when you want to lead in grief, it's my responsibility is, am I willing to show up? Am I willing to be uncomfortable? Am I And know that I can care without caring know that it's not my responsibility to fix it know that that's their journey know that it doesn't require judgment comparison it doesn't require explanation justification why don't tell me he's in a better place don't tell like all of that doesn't serve just allow room to breathe into it you can just
1: show up and that is my superpower right being able to just show up knowing that I, I don't really know what to do or say, and I may get it wrong. I But I always show up with, I have love, gratitude, and heart, humor, and humanness. I let, and I lead with my heart. I just show up and I know that's the best I can do. So I think heart, we'll have to chat again. heart, and- humor, and humanness. And
0: humanness. God, I love that. So, Yvonne, how can people reach out to you? Because I do. I mean, the work you do is incredible. Um, you put so much out there that does come from that place of heart, humor, and humanness, especially as we all, and I say all, you cannot have a human experience without grief. You just can't, or you are not showing up and loving in any capacity. I mean, it's just is not possible unless you're a psychopath. You have grief. Uh, seriously. Like well, no, I mean grief and joy part can part coexist. Of what right. we're here to heal and learn and understand about ourselves—it is part of the journey. And so I would love for you to. What were you going to say? I think you and I were talking at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I
1: and it's all right. My my website, loveyourlifetoddeath.com, has wonderful resources. My TED talk, and including I have a weekly show of 30 minutes of archived material, navigating grief with heart and humor. So people can go to that and watch it on their own time, right when they they don't want to interact with someone, and they can also reach out to me anytime through the website.
0: Yep. She also has a phenomenal book. I highly recommend yeah. um, as well. Yeah. Um, That is also just really brilliant. Um, So please, please, please reach out to Yvonne. See all of the fabulous, amazing, just uh, incredible work that she's doing. She has this, as you can see, this incredible light and energy that just radiates and magnetizes the spaces she's in. And I think there's so much opportunity for us to explore and get curious about grief in a, in a very different way and, and start being uncomfortable with the fact that it will be uncomfortable and it's okay. And we don't have to have it figured out. It's just about as Yvonne says, and, and everything that she's about is just show up. And so Yvonne, I would love to ask, do you have anything you would love to leave the audience with today? Um, any last words or ahas or something that you would like to kind of close out this container with?
1: I will always close up. Thank you so much for creating this beautiful space for us to have this great conversation with the yes ands and the. I, I love it. It's just, it's just real, and it just feeds my heart and soul. And I always tell people, if you want to be able to just show up for yourself, if you want to be able to just show up for others, the greatest thing you can start with is plan your life, plan your death, and then just love your life to death. And always bring your own tambourines to the party that's
0: and it. That's it. To the party. I love that. And I love, love your life to death. Right. And so I just want to say so much. I, I I don't even have words for how much I love you, how much I adore you, how much I appreciate you being one of those people that beautifully has held space for me and in a way that has gotten uncomfortable. And even today allowing me, I knew this was still going to be raw in spaces. And so I just want to honor and, and say how much Um, that means to me and how much I love you. So thank you for that. And thank Thank you for sharing your brilliance and your light and your heart and your humor and your humanness with us today. Um, So just thank you so much for that. I love you. And for all of you that have tuned in and are listening, I want to say thank you too, because I do have an incredible amount of gratitude for my audience, for my community, for the people that support me. It has been amazing to me who have been some of the people that have shown up in ways that have just knocked me out in, in a beautiful way with the overflowing love and compassion and just considerations in ways that I get to honor and um, hold my, my sweet boy close to my heart. And so I just want to say also thank you to all of you that, that tune in and listen. Um, and I'm so glad we could have this conversation. Yvonne, I would love to have you come back um, nice. We can talk more, explore, explore more levels of it. And uh, with that, everybody, please know leadership is always a choice. It is the way you show up. It is the way you choose to serve others. And it's the way you choose to take personal responsibility. And um, yeah, that's what I'm gonna leave you with today. So thank you, everybody. I love you. And we will catch you on the next episode of Aligned to Fuck. Please live your life out loud, live your life proud, and live your life in a space that is authentic to you well all right y'all that's a wrap thank you so much for joining me today please hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes you can also find me out in the socials in the meantime remember say yes to yourself destroy the noise getting in your way and live your life aligned as fuck this is candy barone and i will catch you next time